Treks and Sci-Fi podcast number 407 for October 21st, 2012. On a distant world, an invasion is spreading. War is building. And the fight for survival just beginning. One world. One chance. One duty. Hero's duty. It's the biggest duty of all. Come on down to Litwax Arcade, where you can play the hottest new game in the world, Hero's Duty. Now at Litwax Arcade on Route 83, offering a double points power card only on your birthday. State or federal legal proof of birthday required. Hello, this is uh, Jeff, Jedi Jeff on the uh, Treks and Sci-Fi forum. And this week I will be guest hosting the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Uh, Thank you to Rico for uh, letting me guest host again. Always look forward to these and always have a fun time. Off the top, I thought I'd kind of play a kind of an interesting kind of um, movie trailer in a sense. Um, that was a little clip from a movie that's coming out called Wreck-It Ralph, which is kind of a animated movie about a video game character. And I guess in the movie, um, there's there's a game called Heroes Duty. And this, this clip was, um, I think, probably comes from the movie. It's kind of a, a commercial for this, this video game. So I thought it would be kind of uh, cool to play that video for everyone because uh, it was something a little different. And the movie's coming out in a few weeks. Usually those aren't movies I go to see, but this one's kind of caught my attention. So I'm probably going to go and see that movie when it comes out because it looks like a lot of fun. I was doing a little bit of uh, research for the podcast to kind of um, find some uh, movie news or Star Trek news to talk about. But there really wasn't a lot of news to talk about. I, I kind of looked around like for Star Trek news, but uh, for the movie, it's kind of been uh, pretty quiet. Um, I don't think there's been a lot out lately since some um, kind of that uh, little three three clip um, promo that J.J. Abrams played a few weeks back, which uh, I know some people are none too happy about that. They feel they're getting kind of teased about it. Uh, but anyways, I, I kind of looked around, but there wasn't a lot of news to talk about. Some other movie news that I want to talk about. Um, I think probably this is the biggest movie news of the week is the announcement that there's going to be a Justice League movie coming out. I guess uh, it's been green light. Based off what I was reading, uh, Warner Brothers had been in a kind of in in some sort of uh, legal negotiation, I guess, um, to have the rights to continue doing uh, Superman um, movies and movies with Superman in them past 2013. And they finally got awarded that. So I guess now they're able to kind of go forward with this uh, Justice League movie. Uh, since Superman's a, a big part of the Justice League, uh, they really probably couldn't have done a really successful uh, Justice League movie without Superman in it. So that's good to hear. I guess apparently the movie is um, coming out in 2015, the same year as the Avengers 2 is supposed to come out. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be um, quite the... Uh, quite the competition between the two movies I guess um so like I say it's a little I'm a little surprised that they chose to uh release it in uh 2015 I, I guess maybe um they felt that they really couldn't wait any longer possibly and if they allowed for another Avengers movie to come out maybe it, it 
would have uh, would have hurt uh, hurt um, their business more if, if they didn't have something themselves from the DC side of things. Um, <laughs> G-Force, Princess, Tiny, Heop, Mark, Jason, and watching over them from Center Neptune, their computerized coordinator, Seven Zark Seven, watching, warning against surprise attacks by alien galaxies beyond space. young orphans protecting Earth's entire galaxy. Always five, acting as one. Dedicated, inseparable, invincible. Well, I guess I'm going to start with the uh, topic of the week. And the topic of the week uh, for this podcast is I'm covering a TV series from my childhood, which is very near and dear to my heart, which is Battle of the Planets. You just heard the uh, intro music to that. That always kind of gets me really excited when I, I hear that music because it just brings me back to when I was a when I was a kid. And I just remember every day uh, Battle of the Planets would be on TV. And uh, after school, we come home. Usually we had to do like eh, 30, 45 minutes um, worth of homework uh, back then. This is back in the late 70s. And then after that, um, before supper, we'd usually watch TV, which usually uh, meant Battle of the Planets and, and maybe some other program as well, maybe some music videos or something like that, depending on what was on. But uh, Battle of the Planets was always uh, something that uh, I always looked forward to. And actually, uh, my brother and my sister, um, we all actually used to watch it together. So it was kind of, um, I wouldn't say a family thing because my parents weren't really uh, interested in it, but uh, definitely for us kids. Uh, we always uh, really enjoyed watching the show. Uh, a little bit of uh, history maybe about Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets is actually um, a show which is based off a Japanese show called Gachaman. It's about some uh, science ninja team um, uh, fighters or, or, or kind of heroes. And um, they basically um, kind of protected the Earth from, from some bad guys. But anyways, um, this Gachaman show came out in... In the early 70s, I think 1971-72, it was popular in Japan. And then in the the mid to later 70s, a gentleman named Sandy Frank, who was a TV executive, he decided that he was going to bring this Gachaman uh, series over to uh, North America and uh, introduce it to uh, the North American audience. Um, but he was going to change it around and instead of it kind of being the premise that was Gachamon, uh, he changed it to something called Battle of the Planets. One of the reasons why Sandy Frank decided um, to uh, actually uh, bring Battle of the Planets 
over or Gachamon over to the to the U.S. was um, this was kind of around 1977, and um, he had just seen the the huge popularity of uh, Star Wars in the in the movie theaters, and he felt that this um, this um, television property would be uh, which would be something which is really good and would capture the interest of a lot of um, a lot of the people which were really excited about Star Wars. A lot of the kids just got really excited about it, uh, myself included. I was a big Star Wars fan. Uh, when I was a kid, and uh, I think he was right. This uh, this show really grabbed my attention. I really enjoyed the show, and uh, like I say, I, I did kind of uh, see some similarities in it. Like I say, mainly the I think the biggest similarity was um, that they had a, a robot in it called uh, Seven Zark Seven. Uh, he's an interesting character, the Seven Zark Seven. I'll talk a bit more about him in a little bit. But uh, how he kind of came to be is, is kind of interesting and, and it's kind of got that kind of Star Wars tie into it. A few more um, kind of things to talk about um, Gotchamon here and Battle of the Planets is that originally Gotchamon had 101 episodes, um, which um, Sandy Frank had brought over. But um, we only got 85 episodes of Battle of the Planets. And kind of the reason for that was... Um, if you've ever watched Gotchamon, I've seen um, I've seen some episodes. I haven't seen them all, but I've seen some of them. Um, it's a lot more um, violent than Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets was uh, geared towards uh, kids at the time, and so they had to kind of uh, tone down the violence in uh, Battle or in Gotchamon to put into Battle of the Planets. So that required them to do a lot of editing on the shows to kind of cut out um, a lot of the violent sequences and all that. So. I think that that kind of reduced the amount of episodes that they could put out because maybe um, some of the episodes, maybe they were just, you know, too much action or too much violence in them. And maybe after they edited them down, they wouldn't really have much left to um, to put into the show. So that that's probably why we only got 85 episodes. Kind of the other interesting thing about um, Battle of the Planets I, I kind of found too was um, it was kind of a mixture of the original Gotchamon uh, animation and um, some new animation that um, they put into the show to kind of uh, uh, lengthen it out so that they would have a, a complete episode uh, to be shown on television because usually they were something like 22 23 minutes long so after they edited the Gotchamon episodes they still needed uh, more kind of filler I guess per se and that's kind of where the um, kind of the character Seven Zark Seven came into into be. Seven Zark Seven was um, he was kind of uh, brought in again, like I said, to kind of round out the episode for the missing parts. Also, too, he was a robot. He was kind of an astromech type looking robot. So they really played heavily on the kind of the R two D two kind of reference that in Star Wars. So I, I think they were really trying to kind of appeal to. Um, the kids who are Star Wars fans, because Seven Zark Seven, he kind of uh, he worked in their main base called uh, Center Neptune, and uh, he he kind of controlled everything. So kind of like R two D two is this kind of small, smart robot or astromech droid, and uh, Seven Zark Seven was this kind of smart droid too, as well. To Seven Zark Seven, um, they used him to kind of um, move the story. Um, plots along a lot and kind of explain things happening because like I say when they're editing it up sometimes maybe the the flow of the story wouldn't move 
very well or it'd be very choppy or you'd be missing parts because they cut it out so um, a lot of uh, Seven's Arc 7 um, came in to kind of um, kind of uh, narrate the story I guess he, he narrated a lot of parts you know which um, might not have had dialogue from the other characters and then also too he filled filled in parts which might be missing so he held like kind of a real key part to this um, this show uh, to kind of round out and fill fill out um, the storytelling on it because as well too like they brought over the episodes and then kind of once they went through them they kind of uh, found out that um, they had to kind of come up with their own stories really they had had the visuals of the Gachaman cartoon but um, a lot of times after they did the editing or what they had actually gotten from Japan they couldn't really translate that into a, a proper story for the North American audience so in the end they had to kind of write up their own stories in certain cases so that kind of led to kind of having to bring in um, Seven's Arc 7 into this the interesting thing too between Gachamon and Battle of the Planets was Gachamon was a much more earth-based um, series um, most of the stuff happened on earth and it was dealing with um, with you know kind of the the, the Gachamon team uh, protecting earth um, from from the villains there but in Battle of the Planets, um, there's many occasions um, they would actually travel to other planets to battle uh, the um, the villain, which was Spectra in, in this um, in the Battle of Planets series. But it always looked like Earth, so they would explain, oh, they you know traveled um, across the galaxy to some other planet, but looked like Earth. So it, it was kind of funny, you know, it looked like Earth. You didn't really think they they traveled anywhere, but they kind of built this up that they're going to all these different planets to protect them also too there was also um, a lot of times when um, earth was just getting attacked so they did protect earth from from this um this planet spectra a few other things um about battle of the planets more in the production side of things was that um being that they they had to do a lot of uh, editing and cut out a lot of parts for um Battle of the Planets, that meant that they had to do a lot of extra animation as well too to kind of uh, fit in with the um, original Battle of the Planets, um, original Gachamon um, series. They had to kind of fill in some stuff. So like all the Seven's Arc 7 scenes, they were all scenes that um, that had uh, been animated in the US and, and they had a little more flexibility with the story. Um, with the Seven's Arc Seven animated scenes because they weren't weren't really tied to um, how long the you know the the sequence was, so you know they could kind of script that out easier. But um, sometimes when they were doing the kind of the voices or doing the story for um, the Gotchamon parts, they were kind of limited in what they could write to you know how long um, the the sequences were. Like they didn't really have any control over that because you know like if you know if there was a scene which was like a minute long they had to write it to fit into that minute so it got a little complex sometimes with the story and how how they kind of wrote the characters and the dialogue on that to kind of fit into the sequences so it was a little bit challenging so when it came to them being able to actually animate their own parts then they had more flexibility with the show the other thing too is they actually did some other animation as well for the show they they would do some animation to show the like the phoenix that's the main ship in the battle of the planets show them flying off to um different uh, parts of the galaxy uh a lot of times they actually did that kind of animation but then also too they did some animation on just the characters like uh the main g-force characters 
Uh, they did animation on that as well. And when I was watching through the videos, I didn't really notice this back when I was uh, a kid watching them. But when I was kind of watching them over the past few years and just kind of, uh, you know, even preparing for this podcast, you can really tell the difference between the original Gotchamon animation and the uh, animation that they did uh, in the U.S. for the Battle of the Planets. The the newer animation just really, really, really does not stand up to the um, to the original Gotchamon animation. It just 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 the quality of it wasn't really there. I, I was kind of reading some some history on, on the site, kind of saying that maybe they were um, kind of rushed for time, so they just couldn't animate it as well as as the original stuff. But sometimes it really stands out, and it just really looks really awkward. Uh, it like unfortunately it takes just a little bit away from from kind of the the story there and and the whole cartoon. Sometimes just when they put those pieces in. Fortunately, it's not all that often that they actually animate, you know, the the actual G-Force team. More of the animation is is around Seven's Arc Seven and and his scenes. Now I'm going to uh, play a clip here from kind of the uh, pilot uh, episode, and this is a this is just a clip of uh, Seven's Arc Seven, and he's just kind of talking a bit about kind of the premise of the show, and a little bit about G-Force. Somewhere. Off the west coast of the United States, 900 fathoms beneath the surface of the sea, is this secret and extremely important world defense base, Center Neptune. One of Earth's most precious minerals is mined and refined down here, Vita Lumis. It's an amazing ore discovery that renews the worn out soils of Earth and other planets. Without this precious ore, nothing can be grown and people in many galaxies will face starvation. To guard this vital base against attack by space pirates and alien enemies is the huge responsibility of five incredible, highly specialized people called G-Force. Oh, I'm Seven Dark Seven, complex computerized coordinator for G-Force. Everything clears through me here at Center Neptune. I keep watch every minute, day and night, on each member of the G-Force team. I don't need sleep. I'm a, a robot, you know. <laughs> Some call me a guardian robot. Oh, there's an emergency. So that's kind of interesting. It, it kind of sets up kind of the show and the importance of G-Force, which is, the, you know, G-Force is, is, is the team which... Uh, which um, runs in uh, Battle of the Planets, I guess. This this is what I'm talking about, I guess. Uh, I, guess <laughs> I guess, you know, G-Force G and, and the, the members of the team. Uh, here's another clip. Uh, this clip is uh, kind of introducing all the characters to, uh, to the viewers. Again, this is from the pilot episode, and I thought this was a real good clip because it, it covers off all the characters and, and talks a little bit about them. Uh, it's a little bit longer, and then I'll come back. Why should aliens want to steal our precious light aluminum? We give it freely to any planet that needs it. I better get G-Force on this right away. Come in, G-Force. Hot scan. Center Neptune calling. This is 7, Zark 7. Come in, Mars. Okay, ears on. 10-2, Zark. Assemble your team, Commander. I've located an invader from Spectra on my scanner. Proceed to point 13X, grid 40. 
I will now transmute you to full jet. Big test. Okay, transmute. Well, that's just one of the many conversion phases I control, but Mark's the real leader of G4. And Princess is the only female member of the team. This big fellow is Tiny Harper. He pilots the command ship and assembles the crew. pay special attention to Princess. I really don't know just why. This is Keon. He's very special and different. He was manufactured, grown from a single embryonic cell in the laboratory. His speech is a little peculiar, but his powers are amazing. And finally, this is Jason. Very capable, but just a trifle eager and hot-headed sometimes. So emotional. I do wish he had solid-state circuitry like mine. Force members all have miniaturized cerebonic implants, which give them fantastic abilities beyond those of other humans. Orphans who have been trained almost since birth to develop those secret and mysterious powers. Even though they're so capable, I wish I could be with them on dangerous missions because I do worry. But I'm just an old stay-at-home stationary think tank. Hold your course, G-Force. You're right on target. Good, good, good. Uh, my bare hands. Keop, you can't go after it all alone. It's from Spectra. This is the third time we've been invaded by them. Just let me get a laser bead on it. This will be their last attack. I believe that's what you said last time, Jason. Uh-oh. The invader has disappeared from my scanner. I'm afraid you're on your own now, team. Big Tanzark. I am breaking contact now, but I'll be on standby alert. Good luck and over. Good old Reliable Sark says it's invaders from Planet Spectra again. Wonder what they'll look like this time, Mark? Probably two-headed. Well, they say two heads are better than one. Not on the same body. Hey, team, look! There's something down there! Look, look, the ocean. We know it's the ocean. We're going for it! <laughs> Thank you.
so that was interesting like say i always kind of like that scene you know kind of they're kind of collecting all the the different um members of g-force and, and gathering them on the ship and it's just kind of a nice scene um like say if you could see it uh if you could see the video of it uh, basically they're flying the phoenix which is this kind of uh, big blue and red ship and then all the different members of g-force they all have their own vehicles and then each one by one kind of hooks up with the ship and then the ship kind of becomes whole after all the um the members are on board kind of the, the basic premise of this series um pretty much um, all the episodes kind of deal with um g-force uh protecting the earth against um against their enemies um from a planet called spectra which the main villain is is a person named zoltar which it seems like every week or every episode he's got some new crazy looking type kind of big space machine uh, which is either attacking earth or they're attacking some other planets which g-force has to protect and um, it's kind of um if you sit back and think about it so i i struggle a little bit sometimes with it because uh zoltar's like um attacking earth or attacking other planets the reasons why they're attacking earth is apparently earth has got some um you know resources or something that um, spectra doesn't have spectra is kind of a dying planet but then i kind of look at it and i go well how can they um build just these big giant uh machines which um which are, are so powerful and all that you know if their planet is is so um um res resource starved and then it seems like they're always coming to earth to to try and get things but eh, they never seem to have a lot of luck but uh it seems like every week um the show is really driven on uh you know this kind of conflict between earth and and kind of their their sister planets and then also with this uh spectra with zoltar and then his his kind of um leader which is called the spirit or the illuminous one which is kind of this um this illuminous one he's just kind of this uh, vision on a on a screen no one really ever really sees to know kind of who who he is but um, he's kind of the guy who's in charge and he's the one that uh, Zoltar reports to almost kind of a, a bit like you know Darth Vader you know reported to the Emperor uh, kind of kind of a similar type kind of uh, setup here I must advise the most powerful one of this at once Zoltar, once again you come to me with good tidings that are not good, with triumph that is not victory, with great and glorious plans that have not been completed. For the moment, the Earthlings are still ignorant of the secret bases we are constructing in their solar system. But you have unmistakable evidence in the cassette that your plans for domination of bountiful Earth are not as impervious to detection as you believe. Those bases must be made operational without further delay. When you tell me this is so, then, and only then, shall I rejoice. I understand. One other thing I'll kind of uh, note about this um, this series, which I, I kind of always get a little bit of chuckle about when I, I watch it, is um, it's always kind of interesting with the uh, episodes that, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just so funny. I watch these episodes and... Um, <sighs> And it's always funny because they'll show all this kind of destruction and all that on Earth, you know, with uh, Spectra attacking Earth. 
and you know all these buildings burning down and these ships getting blown up but they always kind of have these reasons um, no one got hurt again you know like they heavily edited this uh, show to take out some of the more violent um parts of, of the series and so every time spectra will go and they'll attack like earth or or some other uh planet some city or attack ships they're always going like either you know minutes before the the city was evacuated or spectra will they'll put in a line where zoltar will go i'm warning you people i'm gonna attack in like five minutes so you better leave so then it's always kind of stated that these cities or whatever are always abandoned so Fortunately, nobody got hurt or even when G-Force will attack like Spectra ships and they'll call them like uh, remote controlled uh, ships or things like that. So they're always kind of uh, throwing this thing in that nobody's dying here, like uh, nobody's getting hurt. You know, they're when they're attacking, you know, attacking and everyone's left and, and there's no death. And it always kind of it's kind of funny because because, you know, watching it, that that's not really the case, you know, like, uh, you know, they're blowing up cities and there's probably people in them. But uh, in the show, to make it more kid friendly, they always kind of indicate that um, that the, the cities have been abandoned and, you know, they're just basically destroying cities or buildings or, or whatever. But nobody's getting hurt. Next up, I'm kind of going to go through the uh, the cast of uh, of G-Force. Um, you know, they're kind of the uh, the big part of the show. And uh, I'm gonna go through each one of them. G-Force is is a group of um, of five uh, five uh, individuals with these kind of special powers. I guess they've got these uh, cerebonic implants, which uh, give them special powers. They're orphans as well, but they never really explain a lot about um, about their history, and they don't even really explain these cerebonic implants, like where they came from, um, what sort of abilities that. Uh, g-force has they seem to have some really good um, acrobatic and fighting skills and they do seem to be quite intelligent so i'm assuming that that's kind of um, the powers that they've gotten i'm going to start off first off with um, going through the uh, the g-force members and i'll start off with the big guy the top guy mark who's the commander mark is always my favorite of all the g-force guys i'm not really sure maybe because he was in charge and i just uh just thought he was just a really cool guy when I was a kid, uh, just always seemed to be on top of things. Um, for the most part, he seemed pretty level-headed, and he never really let himself really get out of control. But to say that, he did also, too, you know, at times he'd go against orders if he felt that he could help out. Uh, he'd go against Chief Anderson, who was in charge of the G-Force team and who they reported to. So there's a few times when Mark actually got in trouble. Um, I'll play a clip in a, in a minute, which kind of covers off kind of mark going against um uh chief anderson also too i i felt too mark had like uh just a really cool uh vehicle because um all the the members had their own kind of special vehicles and uh mark was kind of a pilot um so he had this kind of he had a little kind of cool like kind of uh, single prop plane but then also when he transmuted which was um this special type of um way that they could um could change into g-force from being kind of regular civilians his plane would turn into this kind of really cool jet i always really liked that jet it was just just really cool also to the um, the person who voiced um mark was uh, a fairly well-known voice uh, he was voiced by a gentleman called uh, casey Kasem, um who did for years and years and years i think he did some top 40 radio also as well he's uh, well known for uh, doing the voice of shaggy in the scooby-doo cartoons so I'll play um, a clip of Mark and then I'll come back. 
You deliberately disobeyed orders. And if Cronus hadn't intervened and helped you back here safely, you might have lost the Phoenix and your own lives as well. It was all my fault. I did what I thought was right, Chief. You will be confined to Center Neptune until the security board reviews your case and decides what action to take. We've analyzed the new Spectra weapon, a combination of high-intensity photon rays and negative sonar waves. There must be a way to get through that multicolored shield of theirs. The best scientific minds in the galaxy are working on it. I fully understand your disciplinary action against Mark. You're Mark's friend. I know you've fought side by side many times, but surely security can excuse his first breach of discipline. We're more concerned about the defeat he suffered. He'll need time to recover confidence. Verdict? Security board has reached a decision. Mark, you will come with us, please. It's all right, Mark. We're going back to Riga and finish the job, if you're still interested. Hey, what about the rest of us? We've got some interest in that job, too. You're going. Get the Phoenix ready. Next up is uh, Jason. He's the uh, kind of the second-in-command of G-Force. Um, also, too, he's the, the navigator on the Phoenix, and he usually handles a lot of the um, the weapons. Um, apparently, he has the best markmanship of, of uh, the... All the G-Force um, team, so uh, he he usually ha- handles the weapons. He's um, he's a bit of a different guy than the rest of the uh, G-Force team. He's very 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 temperamental. Uh, he always seems to get kind of angry and upset um, with the team or with uh, with others, and um, just seems like a real grumpy guy. To, to be honest with you, I remember when um, I was a kid, I eh, Jason wasn't really my favorite because. Uh, he always seemed to kind of have a frown on his face or upset about something. So never really the biggest fan of Jason. Now that I watch the the show later now, I, I kind of, I like Jason a little bit more. He's got a bit more of a character to him. You know, he's got, you know, he's got a little bit of backbone and all that to him. So it's kind of cool. Jason's kind of uh, vehicle of choice is, uh, is a car and uh, he's kind of a really great race car driver. And uh, then um, like say, so he have um, his car kind of changes into a race car and uh, like I say, he's apparently one of the best race car drivers on the earth. I will play a video clip now of um, kind of talking about Jason and um, some racing that uh, he did in one of the episodes. Um, also, too, the, the person who did the voice for Jason was a person named Ronnie Shell. Uh, I'm not really familiar with this person, but uh, just kind of looking at his IMDb um, page, uh, it looked like he did, he's done a lot of kind of work um, in... Uh, kind of television shows from the 70s and 80s. Sark says Planet Spectra may be up to something, so play it safe, Jason. We'll be keeping track of you from the Phoenix, and you know we're pulling hard for you. Thanks, I can use it. Oh, the big winner. You know it, Camp, best driver in the galaxy. Who's his partner? Hey, I hear he's teamed up with a beautiful blonde this time. Hi, Lucy. Sorry I'm late. Is that the way you drive? No. And what's the gun for? Never can tell. We're driving to the most primitive parts of Africa. Lots of ferocious animals. We're driving a race, not going on a safari. Well, maybe I'll need it to protect myself from you, Jason. Come on. Put that thing away, Lucy. 
We got to decide who's going to jockey the wheel on the first stretch. I win. Now, that was settled easily, wasn't it? We've got to start off friendly if we're going to be squeezed in here together on this long haul. Another favorite character of mine is uh, Princess. Uh, oh, Princess. Um, I remember as a kid, I even though she was a cartoon character, I just had a real crush on Princess. Um, just, just really liked her. And she kind of comes off as maybe kind of the big sister of the team or you know because she's the only female member of g-force but uh she's just uh got this real kind of uh, sweet personality but uh also too she's got some great fighting skills um she's great with um with uh, electronics and kind of uh, weaponry and things like that uh, like say you know because you'll see this girl she's nice this nice sweet girl and then she'll be like fighting spectra and she'll be like doing kicks and flying around and it's just like whoa this girl's got a real mean kick to her but like say she's kind of um she kind of feels a interesting um part on the g-force team um because uh i'll talk about keop in in a little bit here but um she kind of comes off as kind of the big sister to keop a lot of scenes kind of um have uh princess and keop together they they they'll work together a lot and and you kind of get the feeling that um she'll look after Keop, but as well too Keop will look after princess also too you kind of get um the feeling though they never really um push on it too much uh you kind of get the feeling that uh, mark and uh princess have kind of got a little bit of chemistry there they seem to seem to like each other uh i'm gonna play a little uh clip here of uh princess in a minute but uh just one other note here uh princess is voiced by a lady named janet waldo probably best known for doing the voice of uh, Judy Jetson on the Jetsons. Magnified flower cells, remarkable powers of regeneration. Are you telling us that those alien plants are indestructible, Chief? The secret of the plant's regeneration is locked inside those tiny nodules. Look like spores. They may be. So far, we've been unable to determine just how they function. The plants thrive in water, and they are carnivorous in this environment. If our conventional weapons won't stop them, what will? We don't know yet, but Zark is working on it. And he's come up with something to help us, a protective shield. It seems to work particularly well on females. We tested it on this model. Maybe I'm still dummies. We believe it'll work. We need someone to get inside those flowers and stay alive. We'll fix you into a synthetic second skin. Oh, it's raining. That's when the flowers come out. Coming with you. Thanks, Kiop, but I'm a big girl and I'm really capable of taking care of myself. Yeah. I'll be all right. This will protect me. Not foolproof. Wait for me here. No sense in you coming along to risk being caught. Keep eye on big girl. 
the next person up here is uh, Keop. Uh, Keop's kind of a fun uh, little guy. Um, he's a little different than the rest of the team. Like, say, the G-Force team were uh, orphans for the most part, uh, except for Keop. Keop, he was uh, he was kind of created in a laboratory. And kind of the uh, interesting thing about Keop is he kind of comes across as this little boy. Um, not really sure if he's supposed to be a little boy or if he's this is this is as big as he's going to get. But he has this kind of uh, real funny. Um, kind of funny uh, way he talks with a lot of uh, beeps and boops and all that kind of stuff. Kind of reminds me a little bit of R2-D2 there, even though he's kind of a human. He's kind of a mischievous uh, little guy, kind of always kind of gets into little um, odd spots, and he's got a little bit of a smart mouth, but he kind of adds a bit of the, um, of the uh, I don't know, the kind of adds a bit of... Uh, almost comedic uh relief to the show at times um you know because he's always doing something a little fun or something like that um also too he's got kind of um cool kind of little buggy that he rides he has a dune buggy which is his his kind of his regular um vehicle of choice but then he also has this kind of um dune buggy also who um which is kind of or this buggy which when he transmutes it turns into this kind of uh this kind of this kind of weird kind of space looking type buggy which can do a lot of things it's got arms coming out of it or can do different things uh, so it, it kind of fits in with uh, Keops uh, kind of personality I think also I, I kind of forgot to mention with Princess um, her vehicle of choice was a motorcycle uh, usually it's kind of a dirt bike uh, when she's just a civilian and then when she transmutes um, it turns into kind of a more of a racer type kind of bike a little bit more about uh, Keop here is he's voiced by a gentleman named Alan Young who um, also does uh, Mr. Ed. He was well known for being on the Mr. Ed show. And then uh, he also uh, voiced uh, Scrooge McDuck. And also to Alan Young. Also does the voice of uh, Seven's Arc 7 on this show. I'll play a little clip here of uh, Keop. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice little clip uh, kind of showing what Keop can do. Keop took on an awfully big job all by himself. But he's gotten to the island safely. Now, if he can just devise a way to get all those men safely out of the hydronium mine and away, he'll be a real genius. Spectra Invader! No! Hold it! Not Spectra! G-Force! You? Gonna rescue you! One little guy like you? Little guy, big ideas. Gotta put old brain to work. Keop to G-Force. We read you, Keop. Run it down for us. Did you find the miners? And what's the situation? Bad scene. Worry. Well, do something fast. We've intercepted Zoltar's telecoms. He intends to wipe that island off the map. Hey, idea. The last person I'm going to talk about here is the pilot of the Phoenix. The Phoenix again is the the main ship of the uh, uh, of G Force, and uh, it's it's uh, piloted by a gentleman named Tiny. And um, Tiny is a little different than everyone else because he's this big, heavy guy. Uh, you know, he's again he's he's kind of a little bit of a comedic um, comedic relief because he'll he'll get into some kind of funny spots. Um, you know he's kind of a big, big lovable guy. I guess you know he, you know he's, 
he's kind of just he's there for the team but he's just kind of a big bear of a guy and uh you know he's like they always kind of show him he's like big into like eating hamburgers or space burgers they call you know like say but he's kind of the pilot of the ship uh very good pilot as well too also too he's the only guy who actually kind of has uh has a, a last name to him his because his name is tiny harper like for the rest of the characters we don't know what their last names are but uh tiny we do we actually kind of actually know a little bit where tiny comes from tiny comes tiny comes from a kind of a kind of a village by by the ocean or whatever so got a little bit of um of uh, background on tiny um tiny like say tiny is just he's kind of a like a fun guy another fun guy um i'm going to play a, a little uh clip here um about um tiny and uh, a time when he kind of got booted out of g-force because he was sleeping on the job uh, and then just kind of his his remorse over that also before i play the clip i'm just going to uh i'm going to just uh, mention that he's voiced by a guy named alan dinehart and um to be honest uh looks like he's done you know just uh, d different animation work you fell asleep I didn't need to, Chief. I just closed my eyes for a second. That's all. And the next thing I knew, Mark was calling me. I've been trying to call you for 20 minutes. We thought something had happened to you for sure. But it scared us. I didn't hear him. I wasn't wearing my wrist radio. What? You know that's against regulations. Let me have it, Chief. I'm sorry, but for the safety of the galaxy, I must suspend you from G-Force. Yes, sir. Wow. Sorry. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Jason was right. How could I be so stupid? What am I going to do without a team? Might as well go back where I came from. You got to be kidding. You're not going to get me out there. I'm back again. Welcome home, Tiny. We're happy to see you. Tell you the truth, nobody looks very happy, really. What's going on around here? I'm afraid our town is in a lot of trouble. For a week now, the men have refused to take their fishing boats out. Not taking their boats out? You're putting me on. This time of year, those fish are begging to be caught. You don't know what's been going on, Tiny. Boats disappearing, being wrecked. Well, whatever it is, we're not going to let it spoil your vacation, my boy. I'm sure there's nothing you can do about it anyway. Now tell me, how long are you going to stay with us? I'm not sure, Cap. Could be a long time. Okay, up next up, I'm going to uh, play a little clip of uh, Seven's Arc 7. Seven's Arc 7 is, again, like I talked at the beginning of the show, he's kind of, um, he runs... Um, he runs things from from kind of the G-Force uh, base in uh, Center Neptune, and he's kind of in charge of uh, you know making sure uh, you know that the G-Force team has all that they need, keeping them up to date on on things that they need, kind of in control of what's kind of happening around the galaxy. Um, this is kind of a fun little clip I'm going to play with uh, Seven's Arc Seven and a couple of uh, 
his kind of uh, friends, because uh, Seven's Arc Seven in a lot of the episodes, he has a little um, dog called One Rover One, a little mechanical dog which kind of follows him around. Then also, uh, Seven's Arc Seven has kind of a, a crush on a on another robot uh, that he never gets to see. We never get to see this robot in the series, but uh, it's kind of fun. They always usually kind of end off the shows, or they usually sh- every few shows they'll, they'll bring in uh, this uh, character of Susan in uh, to talk with uh, Seven's Arc Seven. So here's a little clip of that. It's a red alert. Come in, G-Force. Oh, 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 it's you, One Rover One. Yes, I was giving my modulators a 10-second rest, but I always keep one actuator open. You don't have to worry. I'll never be caught asleep at the Fosdick. That's film optical sensing device for input to computers. Center Neptune Control. Seven Zark Seven. Hello, Susan. I was just dreaming, I mean, thinking about you. Do you have a moment to spare for something very important? Oh, I certainly do. I can meet you in your ready room, or in my ready room, or in a hallway someplace, just anywhere. That would be nice. But Chief Anderson would like you to contact G-Force. It seems they're having trouble locating the secret base of the alien invaders. Oh, certainly. I'll get right on it. Thank you, Susan. My pleasure, sir. She's such a beautifully computerized machine. Why does she make me feel so human? Last up, I'm going to talk a little bit about Zoltar. Zoltar's from uh, Spectra, and he's kind of the villain of the show. He's kind of a kind of weird-looking dude. Um, he's got um, kind of the... He always wears a mask, and he's got these huge kind of ears on it and kind of the interesting thing with Zoltar is he's got the ability to kind of um, transform himself into looking like different people so he can disguise himself and there's been episodes where he'll disguise himself as like members of like G-Force or Chief Anderson or people that are trying to help and um, he's a really mysterious guy it seems like he shows up every week you know trying to wreak havoc on Earth or, or you know kind of their or the planets which are kind of in that federation and he always seems to get away and uh like I say he's just uh, kind of a, a fortunate guy he always gets gets away there's this was kind of maybe one of the biggest scenes in um battle of the planets because zoltar is this this guy but uh we're not really sure if he's a guy or if he's a lady um it's kind of come up in the in in the past that uh not really sure what zoltar is if he is if he's a male or female and he always had that doubt because uh throughout some of the episodes like he'd have like his sister show up and uh she looked awful familiar uh to zoltar and he was kind of talking the gotchamon um series that uh zoltar was either a female or he was a kind of transgender type kind of person uh they never really touched upon upon it all that much until they got to this kind of scene where they kind of had this um kind of unveiling of Zoltar and they didn't really um answer it definitively but it kind of left you with the uh question that uh is Zoltar uh is he a man or a woman you've won let me go no way this is the moment we've all been waiting for I've never seen you without your mask now no not that let's see You fools! 
Do you think you can stand against the mystic power of Spectra's actual ruler? See how easily I render you helpless. My powers are greater than yours, G-Force. Sooner or later, I shall succeed in conquering your planet. <laughs> it's gone. Like some weird ghost. Was it a dream? Or did I really see Zoltar with long blonde hair? I saw it too, Mark, but maybe we were both dreaming. Wait, baby? Maybe. It just seems too far out for the evil ruler of Spectra to be a woman. But for a second, I sure thought I saw one. <laughs> Zoltar, a woman? All of you need a long vacation, or they're going to start looking into your heads. Next up here, I'm going to play a couple just um, short clips of uh, of Battle of the Planets, just you know, kind of some little previews of, of a few episodes, just to kind of give you a kind of a feeling of kind of what the episodes are are a bit about, and uh, you know, they're some are fun, uh, some are a little more serious. I kind of tried to get a little mix, so I'll, I'll play a, like something like four or five of them here, just to kind of get a, a feeling for for the show. Stay tuned. Coming up next on Battle of the Planets, a mysterious series of aircraft accidents occur on a newly discovered planet, and the entire G-Force team is sent on an exciting journey to outer space to try to learn the cause. That's it. What is it? Mummy! What is the fearsome thing that haunts the skies above the alien planet? Who sent it? Where does it come from? How can G-Force cope with an awesome force that is neither human nor machine? Be sure to watch this exciting episode coming up next. Stay tuned, coming up next on Battle of the Planets. G-Force goes on a dangerous mission into the Himalayas to investigate reported sightings of a giant Bigfoot. But what they find is a secret rocket base constructed into the mountainside. Will G-Force be able to weather the storm of Spectra rockets and solve the mystery of Bigfoot? Be sure to watch this exciting episode coming up next. Stay tuned. Coming up next on Battle of the Planets. The villainous Soldar comes down from his planet of Spectra to attempt his most daring and dastardly plan yet for conquering Earth, an attack on Center Neptune itself. Center Neptune will be only an unpleasant memory. G-Force must use every skill at their command and... He approves to Zoltar once again that big surprises come in small packages. Can the incredible forces of G-Force repel the mighty invasion by Spectra? Or is the great galactic defense base of Center Neptune to be doomed, leaving Zoltar master of the universe? Blast off! Pull jets upward! 
sure to watch this exciting episode coming up next. Stay tuned, coming up next on Battle of the Planets, Orion, the wonder dog of space, joins G-Force in combating extraterrestrial invaders from planet Spectra. Can G-Force, with the help of their best friend Orion, stop Spectra from melting the North Pole and flooding planet Earth? Will Orion, with his cerebonic superpowers, find a way to come to the rescue of G-Force? this exciting cosmic adventure as a courageous dog gives his all to bring peace to our galaxy. Coming up next. Stay tuned. Coming up next on Battle of the Planets, G-Force combats a hostile alien spaceship over the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. Could this strange and deadly UFO be responsible for the scores of ships and planes that have been reported missing at sea? Is G-Force about to be pulled down into the treacherous Bermuda Triangle and vanish without even a trace? Be sure to watch this exciting episode coming up next. For this part of the uh, podcast, I'm kind of going to mix in a, a, maybe a couple topics, I guess, here. I'm going to um, talk a little bit about the Phoenix, but I'm also going to do a, a collectible review as well at the time. The Phoenix is the uh, main ship that uh, G-Force uses. Um, this is the one that they use when they're they're battling uh, Zoltar and Spectra. And to be honest, I've always, always, always really loved this ship, like... Um, like I say, I just saw it was such a cool ship. It's kind of um, this kind of blue and red kind of ship. It's got, you know, some wings on it. Uh, it's kind of a sleek looking ship. And um, the cool thing about it as well, too, is in certain instances, actually, they, they can trans kind of transform the, the Phoenix into kind of this fiery kind of fiery bird, which they'll use sometimes to get themselves out of some... Um, really really tight situations but um the phoenix it's it's just it's a ship that can really take a beating because they'll take a real real pounding um you know from uh, spectra and some of the um the big giant uh, spacecraft and and machines that uh, spectra has i'm going to review a collectible that i got a few weeks ago um in kind of preparation for this uh, podcast um because I always like doing collectibles and I always like uh, listening to Rico doing collectibles. So I thought since I was doing Battle of the Planets, um, I would do a collectible review. And actually I was uh, really kind of bit on pins and needles. I was hoping that this would come in uh, in time because they kept on delaying this uh, this uh, the ship that I ordered. I ordered the, the Phoenix and they kept on delaying it and delaying it. And it was getting down to the point where I thought, well, I don't think this is going to arrive uh, in time for me to uh, include it on the show. But uh Fortunately, it, it did, and um, what I like to say it's it's a it's a little diecast of the Phoenix. Um, it looks like it's about uh, six or seven uh, inches long. Really nicely, nicely done. It's kind of got um, very nice um, paint on it. Very, very nicely done, and that's what I kind of one of the reasons why I really wanted this as well too. Is it's uh, it's Japanese, and 
And a lot of times Japanese collectibles are very highly detailed. And uh, this one's uh, no exception. I've, I've just found the craftsmanship on this um, very well. Like say it's not a very complicated ship and it's based off of, uh, you know, of a cartoon from like the 70s. So, um, you know, like say not a lot of detail in the original drawn cartoon. But it's a, it's a ship that I, always one of my favorite ships. Um, actually... Um, Way back when, uh, when I was a uh, just a kid back in the late 70s, early 80s, when I went to summer camp, um, actually the first model I ever built was a, a Phoenix. Um, I kind of wish I had it now. Unfortunately, I played a lot with it and no longer have it, but uh, always had fond memories of, of the ship. And uh, so, like I said, years and years, I've always wanted uh, a Phoenix. Um, I've kind of seen them on eBay from time to time, but... Um, one reason or another, I wouldn't order them. Either the price was just really expensive, or or just something about it. But um, I was kind of I caught my eye earlier in the year. Um, saw a pre-order for this, and um, I decided I would uh, pre-order this. Um, actually, uh, pre-ordered it from a, a company called Hobby Link Japan, which is um in Japan, and, and they deal with a lot of Japanese collectibles. So um. I pre-ordered this uh, Phoenix, um, which comes from a company called Future, and it's actually um, it's based off the Gotchamon Phoenix, because um, that's that's probably the more popular show in Japan than uh, Battle of the Planets, and that's the one which is kind of um, continued on. So, anyways, um, it's uh, it's called the uh, G5 God Phoenix Repaint Version, because on uh, the Gotchamon uh, series they called it the God Phoenix, and and then just on uh, Battle of the Planets, they just called it the Phoenix. But like I say, it's it's such a nice it's a nice little ship. Um, they sent it with some like little parts. Um, because um the Phoenix had the capability at times. Um, if it went underwater, it could kind of close off its vents. So they sent um um some little spots where you can uh, have open vents or closed vents. So you can replace the vents on 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 the underside and the back of the ship with uh, either opened or closed ones. Also, too, they shipped it with like a, a little landing gear and a real nice um, stand, which uh, really displays it very nicely. Again, like I said, it's about um, it's about uh, about probably about six or seven inches long. It's kind of made out of um, it's a little bit of metal and plastic. Um, nicely, ni very nicely painted. Um, I guess my maybe my only niggly nitpick on this, and this is just a very small niggly nitpick, and probably not even really that valid because it, it almost kind of matches up with the cartoon version it's just on, on the top of the ship they have this um it's kind of small little dome which um which which the team sometimes will uh, enter and, and leave the ship and um i just find for the proportion it, it seems a, a little small compared to the rest of the ship but um besides that um probably it's probably quite true to the way the um the, the ship was kind of um uh drawn in the cartoon so um I, I certainly can live with it and like say I just this has been a ship I've been waiting for like you know like over 30 years so I'm just so happy to have it um like I say it's just you know like say it's always been one which has kind of been been kind of on my mind so just just happy to have this ship I I wish I could tell you a bit more about it um but unfortunately on the box they've got a lot of writing but it's in Japanese and unfortunately I don't speak Japanese so um I can't um really um really talk much more about it uh, maybe a few uh, final thoughts on um, Battle of the Planets um, like say Battle of the Planets uh, went for 85 episodes um, I think there's also a, a movie as well for it 
And then also, um, over the years, there's been a, like um, a lot of comic books and, and things like that for Battle of the Planets, and then also a lot of um, a lot of stuff for uh, Gotchmon. Also, there was another series um, called G Force, uh, which um, also um, kind of used the kind of the original Gotchmon um, Gotchmon uh, cartoon series. I, I haven't I've only seen like an episode of G Force, so I, I can't really comment on on the stories, but um, it's uh it was kind of a uh a sh from what i've read it, it might be a its stories might be a little more closer to the original gotchman stories than the battle of the planets ones but um for me um battle of the planets is always the kind of the nearest and dearest to my heart so that's that's the one i kind of um relate to the most though i will admit that uh, from the gotchman that i have watched um very impressed with it and i would definitely like to see more of it but um from looking around, like they, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there for Battle of Planets, like a lot of comic books and things like that. If a person was interested in, I see them on eBay. Like I think kind of they've been out of print for a few years, so it probably be um, uh, it might be a tough to maybe get a complete set or something like that. As well, to the episodes, um, they've released some DVDs. I know a few years back I bought um, six DVDs, which had uh, two episodes each from kind of the start of the series, but and they came from Rhino, and then they kind of stopped them. And then I believe there's um there's a uh, complete DVD set out there, but that's been long out of print. So um, I've kind of searched on and off for it over the years, but I've never had much luck. Um, I have kind of run across a few websites which um, show quite a few of um, the uh, Battle of the Planets episodes. And I think if you search around a bit you can probably find um quite a few of them i actually even did a look on youtube and i noticed there's quite a few battle of the planets episodes on youtube so you might be able to see quite a few of them from youtube if that's something you're ever interested as well too um as well there is also other means to uh to uh find these um which i won't go into details but uh, i think everyone knows what i'm i'm kind of talking about um so it's kind of uh like say it's it's been a series which hasn't been around for like a long, long time, but um, I think there's still kind of a, a bit of a following for it. And uh, like say, I, it'd be nice to see it kind of come back. I've been kind of following a bit um, more so the, the Gotchamon side of things. Um, a few years ago, they were actually going to come out with a Gotchamon series, but um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they, uh, they didn't really... Uh, get the funding or whatever so it was this uh, movie which was going to be kind of this newer animation and they even had a trailer and all that for it but uh, unfortunately uh, the company that was producing it just uh, they kind of um, they went out of business and, and the, the project um, kind of got uh, dumped and then just uh, a couple weeks ago um, actually I, I read a story where um, they're coming out with a I believe it's a live action version of a Gachuman, um from Japan looks like they've got it casted and all that kind of stuff so that's going to be kind of interesting to see what um, happens with that um, I'm not sure if that's going to be something that will be available to uh, to us over here in North America or if it's just going to be only Japanese only I sure hope that uh, at least they uh, they'll like subtitle it and and release it to uh, to us in North America because I sure would like to see it um, you know like say even though it's not Battle of the Planets it's Gotchamon and uh, it'd be just so cool to see that so like say that's kind of my hope uh like say so i'll have to kind of i'm going to probably follow up on that and uh keep an eye on that and see you know kind of how the progress on that goes and and if there's something that that we'll be able to see at some point in time i think that's kind of brought me uh near to the end of my uh talk 
for today on uh, Battle Planets. Um, like I say, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, taking the time to uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, again, as well, too, I'd like to thank Rico for uh, giving me the opportunity to um, to uh, podcast again and uh, guest host a podcast. Uh, it's been a while. Um, last time I was in the seat, I think I covered Titan AE and had a lot of fun. So, uh, like I say, this uh, Battle Planets has always been something that I always wanted to talk about. So, very much appreciative of uh, Rico for uh giving me the opportunity to uh, talk about this uh, this great show. Uh, I think coming up in the next week, uh, Rico will be back in the chair, and I believe he's doing a, a Halloween-type special. I think it's American Werewolf in London, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, so I've probably rambled on uh, a bit more than I wanted to, so I'm just going to have, uh, end off with uh, some music from the series and uh, say goodbye to everyone and uh, have a great week. Oh,